0: I'm Shacharazani, and in-the-news, an unsettling and terrible terror wave in Israel. In recent weeks, 14 Israelis have been murdered by acts of terror all the way from the southern city of Be'er Sheva in the Negev to B'nai B'rak, the Haredi city in central Israel, and to Tel Aviv. How is the mood on the ground, and how are Israelis feeling at the moment? To hear more, I'd like to turn now to Zina Rakamilova, reporting especially for JBS, all the way from Dizingov Street in Tel Aviv, where the most recent terror attack happened.
1: Thank you, Shacho Hello, everyone. My name is Zina, and I'm here in Tel Aviv with a special report for the Jewish Broadcasting Service. I'm standing in one of the most popular streets in the entire city. This is Dizengoff Street, and this is one of the most packed places in the entire city. Bars, restaurants, shops, anything you name it, you can probably find it here. And it's particularly packed on Thursday nights. Last Thursday, you know, at a time where a bunch of Israelis are beginning the weekend and are coming to Gulf Street to unwind, to grab beer, to do, you know, what normal people do at the start of their weekend. A Palestinian gunman walked by right here, right behind me, Ilkhabar, where the attack happened. He likely came here, turned around, took out a gun, and started shooting people. Now, the streets were in pandemonium. Um, I happened to be at a restaurant with a couple friends and we weren't allowed to leave for about three hours. We were far away that we weren't part of the pandemonium, but we were close enough that we saw cop cars. and ambulances coming every five minutes, People, police coming in to check if there was a disturbance because the terrorists, again, this is a very small and packed city, so after he opened fire, he was likely able to run with the crowd and he ended up running four kilometers south of here to Yafo. Now, something very important that I need to say as an Israeli civilian, as a resident of Tel Aviv is that the thoughts that are going through all of our heads right now is this could have been me. This really could have been me. I live here. I come to Dizengoff Street several times a week. I come here for dinner for you know drinks with my friends. This this area is very integral to the daily life of Israeli civilians and it's, we, we lost three lives that day, two people who are my age and a father of three, and it's very heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking when terrorism strikes your home, but an incredible phenomenon that sort of, that I saw the next day that I even surprised myself with is the day after the attack when I woke up and I felt this, you know, numb feeling in my body, the first place I wanted to come was here. Ilkabar, where the attack happened and you know on my way here you could see still all the bars and all the shops and restaurants they put out israeli flags as a sign of solidarity and and as a memorial for you know what happened and as a sign that we're going to keep moving forward despite what happened here and here Elkabar the day after the attack a beautiful memorial was set up at the bar you could see it here and what's even more interesting is behind me, the place is is booming. More and more people were coming. I was here yesterday and this place was one of the most packed bars in the entire city. The day after, you know, the day that the yeah, bar opened after the attack, Prime Minister naftali Bennett came here to, you know, sit with the Tel Avivian civilians that wanted to grab a drink and you know specifically wanted to come here despite the fact that there was an attack here a week ago. So it's really moving. It's really incredible to see the resilience, the ability to not let terror cripple us here in Tel Aviv. I'm still going to keep coming to Dizengolf. This is my home. This is my city. I love the bars here. I love walking up and down the street. And I, I like myself, myself, and many other people who live here are hoping for nothing but quiet moving forward. Thank you all for tuning in. Back to you, Shecha.
0: Thank you so much, Zina, for this report from Israel. Stay strong, stay safe, and Chag Sameach to all of you from us in New York. What's happening at the moment and what should we expect in the coming weeks and months when it comes to Israel's security situation? With me to discuss this and so much more, it's a pleasure to welcome to JBS, all the way from Israel, retired Israel Police Major General Uri Barlev. Uri, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on JBS.
2: Great to be with you.
0: So, so let's dive in. Um, we spoke earlier in the introduction about the recent attacks that transpired in Beersheba, Ben Eibrak, and Tel Aviv. Please share with us, how do you view the situation in these attacks?
2: Look, we called it a wave, but it's not really a wave. You know, it's a, it's a process. It's a process uh, not only in and Samaria. Uh, it's also here in Israel. There is an extreme wind of the, it's a religion still uh, uh, inside even by the Arab Israeli citizens, And uh, from my own experience, I can tell you that it's not uh, going to be disappear in the next future.
0: So you're saying that what happened in Beersheba uh, actually was perpetrated by an Arab Israeli. And then we're yes. moving to Beni Brak and, and uh, go over to Tel Aviv, where we had Palestinians. Um, do you see? I mean, some of the reports indicated ISIS, others indicated you know Hamas and Palestinian terror. How do you see the difference between? Is there a difference between the attacks? Like, how do you differentiate? And how do you view the, the difference between these attacks?
2: I will tell you. Let uh, before, I believe that you don't forget the, the attack on Shadira. It also was israeli and right. uh, in tel aviv it was from janine so look first i i can tell you from my own experience and knowledge uh, that we are in a process of uh, religion Mus- of course we are talking about a uh, uh, muslim religion uh, that we connected temporarily to the the Ramadan. But but this is not the point. The point is not Ramadan, you know, there is not uh, any kind of uh, holy uh, by killing the innocent people. So it's now, we can see it, you know, it's not only those four daughters. It's going to be much worse uh, from our point of view because um, when we are talking about Israeli citizens, the law is a little bit different, and so, if we not if we not deter the
0: the the terror the, the terror attack, we will be in a big mess. So you're saying that. Um... The, the foundation for these attacks, whether it's you call it ISIS or you call it Hamas or you call it any other thing, is based on religious extremism, fundamentalism, radical Islam based on their religious beliefs for jihad against the Jews. Yes, of
2: course. We can, we can talk politically correct, you know, but it's led by an extreme point of view. Uh, the, the, the basic for poetic, uh, of course uh, religion. And, and, and this, I can tell you, yeah. look, I can tell you uh, um, what I think. What is the way to deter this kind of terrorism? Because you know we make a lot of uh, research about how how to profile a, a suicide bomber. It was uh, a decade ago, but those who want to commit a suicide by making a terror attack. Doesn't matter if it's with explosive, with a pistol or with a gun, and, and so on and so on. And it was together with the uh, American law enforcement that deal with the uh, uh, counterterrorism. And we found, you know, there is no profile. There is a man, and woman, a, a socioeconomic situation that is very good or bad. Nothing really connected. on all those suicide bombers that was catch after you know they make the bottom down, so was really really it. those that have you know a kind of technical problem in the in the bombs that they was carry always a the gun there was a kind of technical problem or something like that. The only thing that would bother them is what's going to happen with their families after they will commit the suicide so the only way is of deterring terrorism in this kind of terrorism is uh, uh, to show, to publish what's going to happen with the families, and I mean, the house is going to be destroyed. They will go to any other place if they support him. If they didn't know, of course, they are innocent. But if they support, even by a uh, uh, by, you know, they know before that he's going to commit a suicide. Or um, uh, they were part of the, the organization. Or even support after they committed suicide. They're going to leave the houses, move to another place, not get any, anything that the, the, the state of Israel going to give, uh, like, you know, uh, insurance and so on and so on and so on they're going to live in another place. It could be Gaza, You're saying the, the
0: Golan Heights. So you're saying um, there have to be ramifications um, the, the, in order to prevent such acts of terror, they need to know that there will be ramifications that are going to affect their families if there was encouragement and or any kind of pre- or post-involvement in any kind of support for these actions. For instance, the father of the heinous terrorist who murdered innocent people in Tel Aviv, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, he praised his son and he praised the attack in, in, in Janine, didn't he?
2: Yes, of course. First, uh, he, would, he would support, I don't know now, he didn't rest yet, but uh, uh, we don't know now if he know that his son is going to uh, uh, commit uh, you know, a, a suicide by, uh, by shooting, because he know that it's not going to be a long range and Israel uh, by the special forces, and in other way going to, uh, to catch him. But uh, this is the only way to deal with this kind of terrorism, because they know that their family is going to be heard. If they know that their family is going to be heard, uh, they will think twice.
0: I, I, I want to ask you uh, about the timing. Uh, there is this common notion that these attacks happen during Ramadan, and during Ramadan we have to be ready uh, for these attacks. How uh, how big a role do you think Ramadan plays? Is this something that we might expect continuously, or just during the uh, uh, you know the Muslim holidays?
2: Look, first I want to correct you because it's not only innocent people. Those people were murdered in a terror attack. Only because they are Jewish, correct? Not, they are not a citizen. First, second, Ramadan. You know, um,
0: even though not only Jews died, but definitely the intention was to kill Jews. Yeah.
2: Yes, of course, of course. They, they not really, not really want to kill the Nazarenes. Like they do in their own village. Sometimes, you know, what they call, the, the owner of the family. Mean I mean, they I, killed their, their sister because she met someone who speaks. Right. No, but he killed,
0: he killed in Bnei you know, he killed the Ukrainian, um, you know, workers who were there. I'm sure he thought them to be Jewish. Or, yeah, I'm of
2: course. Of believers. course, you not, you not, not ask for ID and then but to right. see, ask him, you know, interview him, yeah. uh, are you a Jewish? No, right. but uh, uh, they're talking about uh, killing Jewish. Uh, uh, the target, their target right. is uh, to kill Jewish. Um, and of course, uh, they're not asking now and so, like the, those two Ukrainians that came here to visit. But uh, you ask about the, the, the support of the, of the
0: family. And, and, and the Ramadan, and the role that the holidays... And are. Ramadan.
2: I, I tell you about Ramadan. Look, uh, Ramadan is a, a, a Muslim holiday. In this holiday, you know, uh, you can eat during the day, only at the night time. Uh, I know the Quran, and no play with the and there. Okay, in Ramadan, one of the orders of this holiday is to kill people, now. <clears throat> but when you make kind of conspiracy that Israel used Ramadan want to kill people and uh, they want to kill the Arab and to throw them, to throw them away uh, from Jerusalem and it's... Uh, not only in holidays, it's all also in, um, you know, when there is a, a situation,
0: right.
2: a security situation that it's a little bit, you know, complicated uh, with the Hamas or with the terrorism in, uh, in Hezbollah. Uh, it came again. The people are going to do something and they go to uh, uh, destroy something or build something. So it, Everyone knows that it's nonsense. Even they know that it's nonsense. But when you try to support terrorism, you tell stories. And is one of the stories. Uh,
0: you have an opportunity. The holiday gives an opportunity to incite people. A, a, exactly.
2: And it's kind of an ex- excuse. Right. In, even, you know, uh, by, uh, by other people to take a very sensitive time. And now, uh, every rumor. That someone here became a poor, and then there is a base, you know, that now from here we must uh, protect our religion. This is the only connection to the religion.
0: I got it. Very important. Um, I want to ask you a a semi political question. Some people, you know, made the the, uh, or presented the idea that uh, if we only negotiate. You know, with the Palestinians in the West Bank, if we only alleviate the economic conditions, if we only give them, you know, a room to breathe, then we will see an ease. You know, there will be no need for these attacks coming out. How do you see the, you know, the politics around this? Is it is it even relevant to discuss these things?
2: I tell you something. I tell you something. Look, I was in charge of the diseng- disengagement from Gaza Strip, right? And our dream was that us. You know, I'm going to be a a state, a Muslim state or whatever. As you know, in our neighborhood, we are the only democracy. So go and run yourself. We live there, you know, greenhouses in a value of one million chicken. That is about $350 million. And they could continue the economic and support them, you know, in Israel from the U.S., Uh, Even the Amirat, they give a lot of money from the idea that they're going to live like a normal state. We leave Gaza Street. Uh, At the same two days later, it was 30 rockets that were shot from Gaza Street into the south of Israel. And today, it's it's a state of Hamas. Right. State of terrorism. Right. They hold thousands of thousands of rockets uh, in a very long range. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. The most of the budget that they got all over the world gone only to to terrorism uh, by rockets, by weapon, by uh, you know they took so much money. And what has happened today in the Samaria, If it could, you know, Israel want peace. We want peace and we show it. But the, at the end of the day, there is no one on the other side that say, okay, we're going to be a normal a normal uh, uh, state like any other state. We are not living uh, near Sweden or France. So you know that they get uh, uh, the independent. Doesn't matter what way. And we're going to sleep. And tomorrow morning, we're uh, going to celebrate it. We saw what really happened. We don't want to take care about the the, you know, elect- electricity or water or in, 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 in Nablus or in Jenin or in Ramallah. But we have to protect ourselves. And the right. Israel, as you know, is a very thin. It's 25 kilometers from uh, uh, Ben Gurion airport uh, to Ramallah. And
0: we must support our power. Um, I, I so I, it, it sounds, the whole thing sounds kind of hopeless in a way, because if, if all of this is embedded in religious extremism and everything that we're trying to do to alleviate the conditions of Palestinians, which Israel has done tremendously from what you said with this engagement from Gaza to, you know, even at the time from Northern Samaria, leaving several settlements there and other measures we've taken, is that all in vain? I mean, how do you see the future? Is the future as bleak as it sounds? Or and give us a little let's, bit let's, of-
2: You know, future, future is a very long time. But if you see the close future, we need first to protect ourselves. This is the only place that Jewish could live and not be afraid from uh, 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 anti-Semitism right. or, or, or anything else. Right. Now, we, we in one hand, we really want peace, we, we give to the, to the leaders, those, you know, everywhere in the, in the Arabic world. We, we give a hand and say, Let, let's make peace. At the end, on the other hand, we have to hold a weapon and to be very strong. And the rules here in the Middle East say that sometimes something that you, you do because you are kind or, or, or you want that your neighbor eh, 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 will agree to make peace on in the other side, it looks like weakness. Right. When it looks like weakness, you know, uh, uh, you, you lose the, You don't have a way to deter them. And in this point, we are really now in Israel. that they think that Israel, that, you know, a, a human right is not uh, just a title. A, a court is a real uh, court. We are living in democracy. We don't want to help no one
0: uh, they translate
2: it into uh, weakness. Right. And okay,
0: well the, the Middle East is a place where you can't afford to be seen like you're weak, because that's just no. an encouragement um, for them to come at you. And a show, uh, you know, in a kind of convoluted logic, a show of strength will bring about more, you know, peace and stability, whereas a show of weakness will only invite more, you know, atrocities, terror attacks, and acts of war.
2: Yes, and especially, especially here, especially Israel, you know, um, everything that they think that there is a kind of weakness, they know, of course, that on is a very strong uh, uh, state. We have a lot of, the best weapon in the world, the best warrior, everything is okay. But they understood that the limit of the law and our very good will to try uh, to make something like a peace, they translate it in a different way. And they use it.
0: And they take advantage of it, right. Yeah. Uh, how relevant, if at all, is Abu Mazen in all of this? Uh, Abu
2: Mazen is, uh, is also in a very difficult uh, conflict. On one hand, you want to show to the Western world that you really want to give a hand to, pe- to make peace and so on and so on. On the other, other hand, who that really control and lead the street? in, uh, in uh, Judah and Samaria, it's uh, the Hamas and uh, the word Jihad. So this kind of combination, they really blame it, that he is in a way uh, uh, support Israel to make or to commit a crime. Uh, at the end of the day, he is speaking in two different languages. Right. He is not the first one. Uh, in, in Oslo agreement, it was fact. Uh, he was speaking uh, uh, English uh, and say we want peace. He turned and speaking uh, in Arabic and say this is only a temporary stage. Right. Because we
0: don't, a lot of people forget about the double speech with the Johannesburg uh, Mosque speech where he talked about the uh, Hudaybiya contract, if I'm not mistaken.
2: And because we are, you know, uh, uh, trying to find even something very small. We give an excuse to ourselves. We say now, fact at that time and today Abu Mazen, uh, They 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 must talk uh, in a different way. Uh, they, but deep inside, they want we translate. You know, we we give uh, a, another uh, meaning.
0: I'm sorry I'm stopping you. I have to ask you this because I'm sure all of our viewers are wondering the same. You're a highly decorated officer. You've engaged with them for so many years in a variety of positions from the IDF to Israel police. Honestly, please tell us, do you really believe that they think Israel will go away? Uh,
2: From a religion point of view, of course. From a religion point of view, they say Israel is going to disappear. Because they they, they give another meaning to our behavior. They give a meaning of weakness. And they say, okay, this society, like in the US, uh, very weak. They have no value. They're not cool. They don't kill people in the street. They don't behave like uh, Russia in Ukraine and like uh, Syria inside uh, against those and so on and so on. they, they give a meaning of weakness. This is, this is one point. From the other point of view, uh, uh, even the mainstream, you know, the one who controls the feet, <clears throat> if it, uh, even in, uh, you know, in every street, if it's the police, so you have a kind of feel from the police, you don't want to commit a crime. But when the criminal, in, the, in this case we are talking about terrorism, they are controlling the street. They have the weapons. They are very cool. So even the mainstream, what we call, it, go after them. Those terrorists really deter those who really think, they're not. They even not in a, in a position to uh, to talk about it. No peace. We will fight until the end. And when you mix in in, in this uh, situation, of course, an extreme a religious, a, a, a radical a, a idea, it's going to be a, a part. Part of them believe. I believe that other parts say, maybe we can win them. You know, there are many movements that say, OK, to whom we're going to, to give the houses, the factories, the buildings, uh, uh, which are going to live in Israel.
0: Uri, thank you so much for joining us on JBS and for all of the great work and service that you have for Israel and for the Jewish people. We really appreciate it. And Chag Sameach to you and to your family.
2: It's a great honor for me and Chag to you, to your family and to everyone who looked at this program.
0: And, and to all I say, stay safe, stay happy and stay healthy and a happy Passover from all of us here in New York at JBS. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golob, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In the News, Carol Lilienthal for JBS. I'm Shaharazani. Until next time, shalom and Lehi go.